Welcome to the Consulting Curve Podcast, the community approach to clients and consulting. Brought to you each week by Peter Selby, founder of bizdrivers.biz, a trusted profit and growth advisory to companies and consultants around the world. Tune in each week and learn how you too can take that journey from corporate to consulting. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of The Consulting Curve, and my good friend Peter Selby once again joins us. Peter, thank you for being here. Hey, good to be here as always. Seems to be a couple of weeks since we've done this, actually. It has been. It has been, and uh, we've had a great chat right before we hit the hit the big red record button. But, Peter, I'm just really anxious to get rolling tonight, but I want to lay just a little bit of a foundation where we've come from sure. to get to here. And uh, this entire series really is talking about, you know, what does it mean to advise in the new economy? You know, and I and Peter, I, I want you to touch on that a little later because I think it's fascinating when you talked about the different revolutions that we've that we've or evolutions that we've we've gone right. through to get to this point. So, uh, revolution and evolution, but uh, the the whole idea behind what does it mean to advise the new economy? And we, you know, the first section we we talked about really was around the sales conversion drivers. And uh, we really touched base and that was kind of laying a good foundation between, you know, how, how do you do the discovery process and how do you go through, you know, don't, don't compete by just throwing offers out there, you know, to, to try to get business. You really have to earn that trust to, to get to the point that, that um, you know, people want to do business with you as a consultant. And then we transitioned into the client value drivers and, uh, really, it's we talked about kind of resources and the data and technology that that come to you know you bring to bear in this whole consulting process. And now we are stepping into the third and, and final phase of the of the the Biz Driver series, really around con- customer choice, the customer choice drivers. And I am really anxious to get rolling. I feel like I've already talked too much, so I'm going to st- step aside right now, Peter, and kind of lay the groundwork for us tonight. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Kevin. And look, the, the whole point of this, I guess, is, is to look at the learning curve of starting, either starting or building a, a consulting practice that's resilient in the new economy. And when we talk about the new economy, we're really talking about indu- the fourth industrial revolution, if you like. If you think about the turn of the century, and it's often coined in Industry 4.0, but it's really about how everything's become super connected and as a result of that people need deeper insights markets move quicker buyers have more choice they can uh, you know they can make massive buying decisions with their mobile phone while drinking a latte in their favorite cafe you know it's a very different world but that does put some requirements in consulting and so the stuff we've been talking about the learning curve that people go through in their consulting hasn't you know, some of the topics have been what they've always been, but some have been significantly changed due to this faster paced, more competitive data driven world, you know. And as we move into looking at the drivers of having more customers to choose from, the drivers of customers' choice, having a wider range of customers in a more competitive environment is pretty essential. So, this is another one of those things that's always been there that is coming to sharper focus um, in the new economy, if you like. And so today's topic, we're going to explore the whole idea of having a warm network community. And what we're talking about here 
is when we say warm, we mean that you're known or trusted at some level. It's a cold network is somebody that's never met you before, never heard of you, doesn't know who you are. Um, a warm network is the opposite to that, where somebody knows you at some level or trusts you fundamentally at some level. And obviously there's, there's different degrees of warm, someone that knows you extremely well and trusts you implicitly to somebody that knows of you and there's a, a base amount of trust. Either way, having a warm community is probably more fundamental now than it's ever been. How is it different to when you talk about community versus just a warm network that I would have maybe individually as a consultant? Well, they're both of those things. So a warm community is both your own network, um, but also um, having access to a community you can work with in a larger collective network. So those two things really come together. And we see, we see more and more B2B businesses doing this by having partnerships or whatever it may be. Um, but it is now, uh, for a few reasons I'll talk through in a minute, um, your own network will never be enough to have a consulting business. And it's probably the fundamental trap that catches out a lot of people. So I'll explain why that is as well. So if we, if we talk about um, thinking of this whole idea of warm and cold networks, I'll explain a, a simple sales fundamental that applies in a consulting environment versus a if you imagine a large business or a corporation. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you look at larger businesses, their selling mantra is they will build a sales team that goes out and embraces the market. And they will market and sell into both a warm and a cold network. So, you know, the sales professionals have a network of people they know, and they've built those relationships over a number of years. Um, and that's more repeat business. But at the same time, they're also marketing into uh, people and places where no one's ever heard of the business. Um, and that's marketing into the cold network. Now, the problem with that process is it requires, it's inefficient, basically. You've got to talk to everybody. And there is the Pareto law that applies here like it does everywhere else sure, in life. Yeah. 20% of your customers will be 80% of your revenue and only 20% of the people you know will ever do business. So you have to talk to everybody and 80% of those people you talk to will never do business with you. Very ineffective way of selling. So how companies deal with that is they build a sales team so they can talk to more people. And normally the sales team becomes as big as it needs to become to get this, the amount of sales volume required for the business to make a profit. Uh, and there's you know millions of different theories of how to measure the effectiveness of a sales team and all the rest of it. But when you really cut through, when you really cut through it all, you you know sales professionals are sales professionals. There's very few out there that don't know what they're doing, um, even though they might get blamed if sales start to do a downturn. It's normally very little to do with the sales team, but nonetheless, um, so the the numbers are more determined about the amount of sales required, not individual performance. Um, you mentioned inefficiency. I mean, I, I, it reminds me a little bit of the, the mantra that says, you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. 
they do. So kind of that whole that three step the trifecta of you know closing closing the deal but um it, it's in inefficiency i mean if you're deal, if you're stepping into or, or reaching into a cold network i mean it would require you know a lot of fishing you're like fishing with a net versus fishing with a pole you need to fish with dynamite just about so <laughs> exactly. so you need a sales team and it, it's you know now if you take that back to the consulting world where you've got an individual or a consulting company with a few consultants in or whatever it may be, apart from obviously the big 10 consulting houses around the world that might take a different approach. Um, mind you, even, even they can't um, sell that inefficiently. You've got, to, you've got to have a much more efficient approach. You don't have those resources. So what you have to do is build a warm network and then, uh, and then, um, uncover opportunity out of that warm network not try and mark it into a cold network and it's fundamental it's a fundamental mistake we see people making is they just go out there and try and mark themselves and most of the people that read whatever adverts they're putting out there don't even know who they are they're never ever 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 going to do business with them because they don't trust them um, that's one thing that catches people out the second thing that catches people out is the inverse side of this problem. The 80-20 rule means that only 20% of your current network will ever do business with you. Mm -hmm. So people deplete their networks much more quickly than they expect. Well, hang on, I know thousands of people, I'll be all right for years, you know, and all of a sudden they're struggling for work. Well, this is why. So um, there's a couple of things. You've got to have a way to consistently grow a warm network around you. Having, having a static warm network, you'll deplete very quickly. So you've got to find a way to be able to grow that trusted network. And then you, you harvest the opportunity out of that trusted network rather than trying to advertise into the cold network. Does that make sense? It's all well and good you know, to talk about, you, know, you need to grow that warm network, but, but give us a couple of like real world you know, examples, tangible tactics that, that you would use that, you know, uh, is it LinkedIn? Is it, you know, is it a continual cycle of, of, uh, you know, let's go have coffee over and over and over again type things. So what's the, what's the, the guidance? So what, one of the good things is there are platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter, et cetera. Um, and, uh, I'm not mates with Elon Musk, by the way. That wasn't a plug. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that does make that networking a lot more effective, but, but you need to do that. In a, there's, you know, there's some techniques for creating a trusted network on LinkedIn. You can't just blast out to everybody because you're having the same effect as tapping into a cold network. So there are some definite techniques to building trust electronically in platforms and obviously building trust when physically meeting people, um, etc. And you know the, the great thing about platforms like LinkedIn is you can build a trusted network around the world if you want to, if you've got the desire to do that. Might even meet um, someone in Australia, you know, if if, uh, you, never, if you reach out on, on LinkedIn. But um <laughs> and um but there are some techniques to actually you know, it's one thing to connect with people, but that's not enough. You've then got to do a bunch of things to make trust uh, become part of that relationship. 
Um, but yeah, absolutely. So there are there are some great platforms to do it, and there's there's obviously the the physical world of, of going and building relationships with people. But either way, um, the, the message here is you need to grow that network um, consistently. And it's like anything else in business, you know, twenty percent growth is standing still mm. because people drop off your network. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, standing still is going backwards like anything else in business really i think we don't take anything else away from this episode i mean that that key line 20 percent growth is standing still I yeah mean, that, that is so so true yeah look and and the other point here i guess is the trusted network is is now critical for consulting because of this the high level of competition the disruptive plays the fast that markets are moving and clients are looking for insights and all the stuff that goes with it there's the the, re, the level of trust required for you to be engaged because at the end of the day you're tampering with someone's livelihood one way or another um is is probably a lot higher than it used to be well, there's no problem about it it definitely is uh, and um And, and the other thing about a, a trusted network, it's not just about customers. And that's probably another point to consider here. Um, a network community is, is not just about people that could become your customers. It's also um, about having peers to work with um, to deliver solutions for customers. And that's a trusted network as well. So there's these two networks you're building. You're building a network of opportunity to feed into your opportunity funnel, but you've also got to build a trusted network of resource around you because very, again, another, um, another hallmark of the, of the new economy is clients are looking for a wider skill set generally. So, um, you know, more and more of our customers, for instance, um, are looking for end-to-end -end capability in a business. They don't want to talk to five different consulting companies to, to solve a problem that might touch all areas of a business. Right. Now, you're going to struggle to do that as an individual because no matter how good you are, you have a range of skills. Mm -hmm. You can't know everything about everything. So that's one reason why you need to have a wider resource pool around you. Secondly, if you don't, you're trapped, you're capacity constrained, you're trapped to only having projects the size of the capacity you have to deliver them. So again, the more resource you have in your trusted network around you, the greater range of projects you can deliver and therefore the wider choice of customers you have as a result of that, as a wider choice of customers that will do business with you. Kind of like the going back to, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about the, the lone wolf approach to consulting you know, versus, versus joining uh, an agency like BizDrivers or another consulting, you know, community where you can, you almost have this instant scale, you know, instant exponential growth in the resources you can call upon and the skill sets you can bring to bear at, at, you know, for an issue. So I think that's such a crucial, you know, distinction between, you know, the two types of communities you're talking about, whether it's a community of clients or community of consultants. And you're really in the new economy, you need them both one way or another. And I'm not saying that just because we have a community approach. We have a community approach because it's required. Um, and 
you know, we've learned that lesson over the last over the last few years in the new economy and seen it become more and more relevant over time. And the other thing is, of course, larger, more complex assignments might require um, multiple people to work on it. It yep. might be beyond the remit of one person to be able to secure it. So again, that widens the choice of customers you have. Um, again, in a community, if it's a recognized community of some kind, it's also seen a bit like a company, mm -hmm. it's seen as a safer pair of hands. Yep. And again, that widens the choice of people that will sit down and talk to you. Um, and it's all around widening that choice of both choice of people to work with, but choice of people to be able to sit down and explore opportunity to help. Uh, and I think the underlying message of anything out of today is that choice having a wider you need a much wider choice today than you did probably 10 years ago um, if you're going to have a resilient practice and everything we've talked about even especially in the last two or three weeks or two or three episodes really talks about this idea that that uh you know the the business community is getting more sophisticated all the time and you have to bring real-time data to bear you have to bring tools and resources that are up to date and current and effective and efficient and uh just the resources of a consultant that you have you know you you can't bring a the proverbial water pistol to a gunfight you know i mean it's it is a it's a different animal today and uh it just really is interesting to kind of hear you unpack that and you know we had talked I mean, probably two or three months ago about this whole idea of what you know the, like a community that's really what this whole podcast series is about the community approach to clients and consulting and you you kind of nailed it in almost one episode you know today and just the, the kind of wrapped it up in a, in a nice bow package here but uh um i i'm really anxious to to just this kind of this closing question i want to kind of touch what on you with the idea that um, as you're growing this network and you're developing this network, so is it is it industry specific or is that kind of agnostic that says, you know, it's almost like you're churning 20% or 25% all the time because you know, you hear these companies, we have a 98% retention rate, you know, or or whatever that that is. I mean, 20 to 25% seems just like an extreme churn you know that you're dealing with all the time yeah it's really not though when you think about business um and you think about all the individuals in business um and the fact they're all at different points in their life cycle they've all got other people always have other things to do in life and it doesn't matter you know you can even be the employer of choice that people queue up to come into there'll still be a churn rate because people yeah. do things with their lives well, then you've got a knit on top of that in the new economy. And COVID did accelerate this, to be fair. Mm. It's one of the few things that COVID really put velocity behind, but it was happening anyway. This whole idea of the great resignation that I'm mm. sure you've heard of around the world, yeah. and, and we're seeing it, um, we're seeing it everywhere in every aspect of business. Um, people are redefining their lives, and, and that was happening as part of Industrial 4.0. That, that was going on because everything is super connected there's a lot more flexibility and a lot uh, many more different ways of adding value you know things like blockchain and stuff are just examples of that 
And COVID really just sharpened the focus on it when people were forced to work from home and, and they started reevaluating their lives from that perspective. So, but it was happening anyway. And um, it, it's, it's a different, it is a different world. And people, um, if people are thinking of moving from employment into doing their own thing, they need to think about that step quite carefully i'm not trying to put people off either i always take my hat off to people that get off and, and do their own thing but be a lot more planned about how you do that and have a, a much better strategy around it there are a lot more moving parts than there ever were uh, and there's a lot requirement to ha have this wider choice of of customers that you can solve problems for it's a kind of long-winded answer to your question i mean the short answer is it doesn't really matter what market you're in mm -hmm. or what industry you're in yeah. where you are in the world because the the thing that's driving the data-driven connected world is connected everywhere it's not just some in a local market or um you know it's even difficult to pick from one industry to another because this affects everything from 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 um from our observations of it over the years you know well, it's a it's an interesting topic and and one we could continue to uh, kind of chew on, so to speak. But uh, as we wrap up tonight, I did just reminded of a couple of things you said earlier that uh, that really resonated with me during this episode. And that, but the one that really stands out, I mentioned a second ago, is this idea that it, you know if you're not growing twenty percent, twenty five percent, or whatever, you're standing still. And this idea that it doesn't matter if you're a business or you're a consultant, you're faced with the same problem from a different perspective and the whole idea that you know consulting can help you as a business avoid that trap and as a consultant the you know stepping into a community of consultants with the strength and the, the exponential scale and the 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 increased resources that you can bring to bear broadening your market that you can reach broadening the, the you know the bigger clients you can work with in this whole um, advising curve that, that uh, you know, you're kind of dealing with here. And Peter, it's amazing. Uh, so we, you know, kind of wrap up this episode today, just the idea that, um, you know, it's, it's not a good idea. It's required. The community yeah, look, it is. clients and consulting, you know, yeah, it really is. And, and interestingly, you know, we, we made a decision a few years back to move from just advising companies to also advising consultants and helping consultants grow practices. And um, was it, it might seem a bit of a mad decision for a consulting company if you look at it from a competitive perspective. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, it's actually been a very good thing to do. But um, one of the things that we observe, and we've observed it time and time again with consultants we've helped in that time, is they get as much benefit from being part of a community as they do the tools and the techniques and the IP and all the other things that we connect people to. So um, the community has become fundamental. And I think, you know, you look at corporations, they've had customer communities for years, user groups, all that yep. sort of stuff. They know, you know, this is not a new science. It's been around for a long time. It's just in the business to business environment, it hasn't been as well established in the consulting environment, absolutely just about not at all. Yet it's become essential, and and I think that shift has kept, has caught a lot of people out along the way. An amazing topic, my friend. Uh, once again, what a what a great uh, episode we had, and and uh, I mean so much, so much to to talk about and to kind of chew on in such a short period of time. And and uh, man, I'm looking forward to the next 
couple of weeks when we kind of go into phase two of the uh, the whole idea around customer choice drivers and um, anxious to to uh, to sit at the feet of the master again and just kind of hear you unpack the uh, the whole. I mean, it's you, you speak from experience. I mean, which is amazing. I mean, just the 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 things that you've learned along the way and and been mentored and mentored others, you know, in this whole space and kind of learned in community. And you're just yeah, a great look, I think that's the point. It's yeah. the point of this series is really to share. It's not it's not theory. It's just sharing observations. This is the stuff that we've seen is happening, and it's the stuff we've seen um, that is effective to address those things. Um, but it's it's not based on theory it's just based on observations it's it's stuff that we see every day practical wisdom practical and some wisdom big stars from getting <laughs> peter thanks again for joining us on this episode of the consulting curve the community approach to clients and consulting we'll see well, you thanks. soon see you soon bye